Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso checking in live from Barcelona. Man, me and Joe are ready to bring this episode 101. We're going to be talking some Chelsea, some Hurricane football, and of course, some Dolphins football. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Not bad, right? Dude, not bad at all. First take and everything. <laughs> Trying something overseas. new out. <laughs> overseas. overseas One o'clock in the morning. I mean, dude, you just killed it. I'm making it happen out here overseas. What's up, my brother? Good to see you, dog. Likewise, homie. Likewise. I can't believe that we're recording this podcast while you're on your honeymoon, basically, in Europe. I mean, if people ever doubted the, the lengths, right, and the, the depths that we go to to make this podcast happen... Here you go. Proof. We're coming to you guys with one guy's live from Barcelona, the guy's live in Miami. And uh, yeah, we're making this damn thing happen, bro. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How's it been? How's the trip? Just give me like was, a quick little summary. It's been amazing, man. We left Miami Thursday, headed up to Atlanta, and then we flew across overseas and landed in London, Heathrow, which was super dope. Um, England is such a vibe. Um, it's crazy to see all the cars on the right-hand side and shit like that. And like... For real, because like you see like Mercedes, like all these Range Rovers, all these dope ass cars, and it's like everything's right hand side. So it's like fuck. Not only does it look cool, it's on the right hand side, so it adds that extra appeal. I don't know what it is, yeah, but yeah. it's a it's a dope city. Uh, and I got to go out there and watch a game. Got it over there to go see Chelsea take on West Ham, and man, that was amazing. Talk to me about that. I mean, I mean, we we gotta we gotta <coughs> talk about this game, bro. I mean. What was that experience like finally getting to see the Blues playing, you know, in person? Man, it's really surreal because, like, that whole city is all about Chelsea. You know, like, even, like, the banners on the street and shit like that and, like, all the little signs, like, all the, a majority of the pubs hang, like, London uh, flag, London is blue flagged, um, a bunch of Chelsea, just Chelsea supporters, and the vibe to the game was dope. Tons of people walking down, uh, tons of people drinking. We got to a bar, my wife and I, and we started pre-gaming with, like, the locals and shit. And it was just cool to see everybody really hardcore into one specific thing, you know. And, like, even, like, the babies were wearing Chelsea out outfits and shit like that. It was just dope. So the game life. itself was amazing. Yeah, man, it really is pro soccer. They live it. They yeah. live it. <laughs> no, and it's, you know? it's, I, I've heard Andrew Schultz talk about it on his podcast, and, and it was an interesting point that he made. It's because well, he, he, he thought the same thing when he went and saw the passion that it was like for these like smaller football clubs. Like not even obviously Chelsea's big, the history behind a club, right. a club like Chelsea, but some of these smaller ones that you're like, why is anybody even? And it's because it's like that's your town. Like that's like your area. You know what I mean? And like, that's the beauty of the premier league. Like sometimes you're, you know, you're in it and sometimes you're, you're fighting to get in it. And exactly. your team, you know, even if your team's the worst one in the premier league, you're still in the premier league. That's something to be happy about. So for sure. And look, a lot of those teams, let's be honest, it's a business move, right? The moment you're in the premier league, you're making buku money, right? You're just guaranteed your club millions and millions of dollars. Um, broadcasting rights, uh, merchandising, ticket sales, all that stuff adds up. A, like the sports teams that we see in professional sports in America, right? We see the Dolphins for the first time in, in this, what, century for sure, in, in more than two centuries or this decade, uh, two decades that they sold out season tickets. Feels like centuries. Those are things that are, right, it feels like centuries. But those are things that are passed down little, little by little and historically and like, in London, you definitely get that vibe, you know? Like, people were hard, like, 
bro, I saw old people with other team tattoos, like, on their arms and shit, and it's like, man, these guys really take they, that they stuff live to the it. heart. They live it. They don't they just, you know what I mean? They, they're not fair weather fans like us, like the Dolphin fans that we got down here. You know what I mean? They're, they're not delusional. Exactly. All those guys are just diehard passionate. And how about you've been talking about everybody's like Chelsea'd out or swagged out and stuff, a lot of gear. What's up? You got yourself some some nice stuff from over there? Bring it back? I did, bro. I brought a scarf back. I wanted an official Chelsea scarf, right? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the jersey that I wanted, it doesn't go on sale until September 8th, which is the away jersey, the white one. Which, but I saw it in person, and it's fly, man. I saw it in person. They had it, like, on the mannequin. Um, they were announcing it on September 8th. But I caught a cool-ass shirt. Uh, bought some stuff for the crib, of course, and, like, some stuff for the man cave. Some, just yeah. some things to put out there, you know what I mean? Uh, but it was dope, and the game was incredible, man. Yeah. Uh, the love that these guys have, that passion um, was out there. It was nice to go out there early, right? I got to the game early. I got to get a lot of good footage of these guys, like, training up, training and warming up before the game, um, which was super cool. I saw Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, Reese James, um, Thiago Silva, like, all these dudes right there. Like, I saw you were close. There super close bro and it's so cool because they don't restrict it right it's not like they blockade that part to any of the fans they let people get down there as much as as they can as close as possible and then obviously once the game starts boom it's it's goal time right everybody's back in their seats right the game started off kind of rough man i don't know if you watched it we went down the, like the first half we couldn't get a fucking shot together and it's interesting to watch those games like that because obviously you're sitting with supporters and guys who seen a lot of football probably watched 40 years of this team and the way that they were talking about the team was just crazy to me dog it was just crazy what were they especially saying? in the first half they were just explaining like how, how the ball doesn't move and like certain tactics and shit that like you don't get a sense of right and or like how they're trying to play until you hear it and then you see it happening and you're like oh shit that's why they play like that right or movements right defensive alignment and stuff like that it was really dope it's kind of like um, if you had to explain American football to somebody else, right? Like how, how blitzing works, right? How you want to have your safety kind of disguised or you want to make sure that your cornerbacks are certain uh, yardage away from the sideline. Those little things, right? Where the alignment really comes into play. And it the was nuances. Cool, like correct and talk to those guys about it and like just learn a bit more. Um, the second half was where all the action was, bro. All three goals and one that got discounted, <laughs> importantly got discounted towards the end, um, all happened on our side. We were, I was able to capture both of the goals on video. Um, going, I, I didn't capture it. I got to take that back because I was going crazy when we scored. But my wife was able to record my reaction and the goals, right, which was super cool. And we got to get that and um, ultimately came back and, and won the game 2-1. to one. A little bit controversial at the end. There was a foul on Thiago Silva that got called, but the guy didn't get a red, a yellow card or a red card. And it was pretty belaying that he just tried to rip his fucking head off, and it didn't work. And then um, two like minutes later, that same guy scores a goal that was ultimately ruled offside because of a foul inside the box. Damn. It was weird, man. Yeah, yeah, and like... Again, our, the passion. So West Ham scores the goal, right? And they're going fucking crazy. So they start singing in the away section, right? Which is kind of like in the corner. So you can really make a lot of noise if, you, if you're loud right there. And these guys were going nuts, talking shit to Chelsea fans, singing all their songs. And as soon as, soon as the decision came through the bar, it was like, oh, this goal is disallowed. It's back. Chelsea's winning 2-1. to one. 
bro, instantly everybody was seeing, and this is the chance. I can't imagine. Who like it goes like this: Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You're fucking nobody's, cause you're West Ham. <laughs> Oh, what a chat. Hey, yo, and yo. they don't play those on TV, so whoever watches t- uh, soccer on TV on NBC and Universal, you're never going to hear those songs because they, those songs don't make it, but everybody, like, even the old man behind me, 80 years old, all right, 80 years old, ripping these guys apart, Oh my and God. even me, I get into it, and I'm singing it with them, who I mean, are you, who are you? I would be too, dog. I would be too. That's a lit, right, lit chant right there. Oh my god, bro! I can't imagine those yeah, hooligans, man. bro. Those damn soccer hooligans. It's crazy. And then and look, you know, you see it on European TV all the time, right? Whenever there's like World Cup games or stuff like that, like, but you really have to keep those guys separated. You know, even when the game was over, the cops made sure to separate everybody. Even when I went to the bar before the game started, the guy was like, oh, "All right, you are in the right colors. You can come in." Because they don't want people mixing it up, obviously, you know. Yeah, you told me you told like me it was a little bit of a hassle to get the tickets because some of the tickets you were looking oh. into might have been in the other side, so you wouldn't have been able to wear Chelsea gear. So it was real, right? All that, that, yeah, uh, that separation. It's a hundred percent real. It's a hundred percent real. It's definitely segregated, but for a good reason. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And even like the the way that they enter the stadium, right? Like you kind of have a visitor supporter side, right? Right, like right, They right. come this way and stuff like that, just to make it easier and like avoid confrontation. You know, people been drinking. Hey, listen, I woke up like at eight in the morning that day, and I already had a beer in hand by like nine thirty. You know, so and that, that's just me. I'm just vacationing. These guys again, they live it. So I was the that, beer. Was it all? Was, crazy. was all the beer warm? Fire. No, it's pretty cold. Um, not super cold like in the states, but it's strong beer, so that's why they keep it like at a good temperature. I, that's what I hear that it's not the coldest, but like it's like darker beers and stuff like that. So, right, but it's cool, man, because like and the and the good thing is like usually they're not in huge cups, right? They're more like p- half pints and pints and stuff like that. A lot easier to drink, so they don't get warm that way. So that's kind of how it goes. Oh yeah, man! Well, Chelsea yeah. victory—you got to see them play in person. You got some fish and chips along the way, I'm sure. Some beer to absolutely, you know, wash it all down. Yeah, man, it was a dope experience to be in Brazil. Now um, we flew to Barcelona. We're gonna be here for a couple of days before we head over to Madrid. Hang out for a couple of days before we come back home because you know I wasn't gonna miss the start of Dolphins football season. Like absolutely not. No, you're not missing that. But I'm wondering. We did have the kickoff of college football season, and I want to know: Were yes, you sir. able to watch the the Hurricanes ass whooping? That was I did. <laughs> what I you did. Think? I did. I and, and you know what? It's funny because um, when we talked about it with Vic, and we when I talked about it with Armando, one of the biggest things for me was like these were the type of opponents that we would go out there before in our heyday. And go out there and really go to town, right? Where we would destroy these guys, put up, beat these guys by 50, 60 points, and, and just really have a, a, a day, right? Where third stringers, fourth stringers are playing and contributing. And that's exactly what we saw. And that's exactly the start that we needed for the season. Because I, I feel like it really boosted a, a lot of the confidence, especially in the running backs, right? We saw them have a really good day. One of those guys had three touchdowns on the ground himself. Um, I believe it was Williams. But Overall, just the confidence that they were getting right from their performances, I feel like that's what they need to build up in order to like try to make an attempt to hang into that Texas A&M game that we talked about with Vic in Dallas, which is going to be crazy. 
The game was electric. I mean, if you were a Miami Hurricane fan, if you were a Bethune-Cookman fan, I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry. I mean, it, it was a pretty good crowd, it looked like, at the at the Hard Rock. And, you know, like you said, this was this was the kind of win that they needed to start the season. Um, and right. then even more so, especially after what happened last night, Sunday night, I'll get it, you know, the, the, well, basically, I'll just get that out of the way because nobody cares about this team. But the Seminoles had a pretty impressive right. performance and win against LSU. Uh, I don't know if it was time. impressive. At the end, at the end, they 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 pissed it all away, and and they basically, you know, um, I would say LSU lost the game versus FSU winning the game late. But it was right. impressive for for FSU, this team that in the last couple of years, so you know, the last three or four years, it really hasn't done much. I know they beat the Hurricanes last year, but they they haven't really been in contention for any ACC titles and haven't really you know beat any elite opponents, and then to start their season in this fashion it bodes well for their program. It bodes well for us because we're a late matchup, you know, late in the season. And if, if we're doing well, that, that we, we just want them to be doing relatively well, as, you know, so that, that way it's not just like, all right, we're just playing FSU and it's a rivalry, but they're nobody this year. No, we'd rather them be somebody at least to an extent so that it's a formidable opponent when it gives time to that. But going back to the Hurricanes, sure. it was it was spectacular, man. I mean, we saw the running back resurgence. We talked about that on the show last week. I asked that question, you know, do we have anybody that's elite that can keep up with, you know, the rest of the team and and, and the legacy that is the Miami Hurricanes football team? And we had uh, Henry Paris Jr. Oh, I think I think I lost Soso there, guys. Give me one second, and we'll see if we can get him back here in the broadcast. Yeah, there he's back in. Uh, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. My we back. lost you there for a second. No worries. Um, but what was the last thing you heard? I heard about the like the game making a difference. Um, here's what I would say, right? Because you mentioned something about FSU. Yeah, they 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 got that victory against LSU, and that's and that's big, right? Because that they're a program like us that didn't really have a lot of direction, and they're heading in a new direction with new coaches and and new staff and all this stuff. For the Hurricanes. <clears throat> I feel like there's a little bit more expected from them, right? Especially with Crystal Ball, Tyler Van Dyke, um, the defense that we've played and stuff like that. Yep. I, it's just a higher level than what it is at FSU right now. And, and that's fair because uh, I think that both programs need to put big victories under their, their belts, right? And, and look towards the season and say, yeah, we've been some people. And it bodes well for us if, if FSU is able to build up their schedule, right? For, for UM... I really feel like this was the sign that everybody wanted to see, right? Like all the experts, all the college football analysts, all the hometown guys reporting it. Um, we wanted to see the ass kicking, right? We wanted to see these guys come out and have a hell of a performance. Tyler Van Dyke go out there and throw some touchdowns and, and, and see the offensive line put some blocks together. Defensively come up with plays, pick sixes, interceptions. Those are the things that against inferior opponents and not to like discredit Bethune Cookman, but obviously they're not on our level, right? For for us to play them and those are the type of performances that we need to see because that's what's gonna get the ball rolling, right? In order for this season to be what we expect it to be, a competitive season. We expect it to be competitive. We expect us to beat the people that we can beat handedly, right? Like we did um this past weekend. And then again, when we're in a big time matchup, hang with the big boys, 
and beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. Yeah, this was a great little warm-up bout, right? We're not even, you know, this is just a series of warm-up bouts that we're going to have here for some heavy hitters. And it's promising, man, especially, you know, going back to what I was saying before we got disconnected, this was the the resurgence of the running backs that we saw here that, you know, we talked about on last week's show. You know, Henry Paris Jr. <clears throat> debuted uh, 14 carries, 108 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, there was no keeping this kid out of the end zone. He would have had a fourth touchdown, but he came out. He pulled himself out of the game early on. After he got them down and it, he was tired or whatnot, they put in Thaddeus Franklin Jr. and he got his first touchdown. Another great power back. This kid looks solid, man. It looks like a nice little one-two punch for these guys. Yes, Parrish is more your versatile, you know, all-around back. Thaddeus is like that bruiser, right, that goal line back. Um, and then TVD, bro, I mean – 13 for 16, 193 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, no mistakes really for him. Um, he looked solid. He looked, you know, like a, a better version of, of last year. Um, granted, it, Bethune-Cookman not really bringing the pressure on him too much. He had, you know, a good amount of time out there to throw. Um, we, we look good, man. Restrepo, number one receiver, sure. five catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, the <clears throat> offensive unit was, was clicking and gelling. You can see that. The defensive yeah. side of the ball – we were able to stop these guys, um, it, but again, it's Bethune Cookman. So I'm, I'm, I want to see. You know, one thing I was worried about with these guys, man, it, I saw a lot of over pursuing. There's a lot of young guys on that team, and they're still, you know what I mean, getting a little too, um, uh, you know, trigger happy. You know, just following a guy, and then all of a sudden he cuts back. He has a whole open field, and everybody was doing the yeah. same thing. I saw a lot of that early on. They adjusted. Yeah. Um. They got this freshman linebacker that's a beast that I saw that uh that crystal ball he's was praising. Yeah, man, he's a f- true freshman. You know, middle linebacker, and he was blowing people up, dog. Like just just all over the field, just every play, and it, they look good. They had there's a lot of talent on that defense. They just need to be a little Hell bit more yeah. disciplined moving forward. One thing that Crystal Ball really wanted to instill into the defense is speed. And we've seen that, right, with a lot of the guys that we got from either the transfer portal or those young guys playing. They're very, very fast, especially those linebackers. But I wanted to touch on something that you said, which is Crystal Ball um, putting his foot down nice and early. Yeah, we're playing with Luke Cookman, but there was a stupid penalty that we had. It set the Canes back. I think it gave Bethune Cookman a first down and shit. And he immediately went to the bench and ripped everybody ripped everybody and told them, this is not how we're going to play. This is not what we're going to do. We're going to get better. We're going to do this. And, uh, and you can <laughs> tell that he had the, the com- like, commanded the respect of everybody in that huddle, and he wasn't fucking around. I know exactly I, I know exactly what play, play you're right? talking about. It's the, it was actually right after uh, the DB jumped the route beautifully, intercepted the ball, and then he was hype. Everybody, he was on his own sideline. He was real, real hype. Everybody was, and he slammed the ball down. And yep. instead of like just tossing it, just dropping it, giving it to the ref, he kind of spiked it, and that's what incurred the penalty. Which at the end of the day it didn't turn over the you know the turnover. It didn't take that back. We still got the turnover. But to your point, right. Crystal Ball chewed them up and spit them out. Everybody were like, "Yo, this is not what we're we're gonna. We're, what, what are you celebrating about? We didn't win the game. This is one play, one turnover. Yeah, it was nice, but this isn't the game. We celebrate at the end of the game." And he got in their grill, bro, and and he whipped those boys into shape. Hell yeah, man. And look, that's what they needed, you know, and I feel like that's why he has that coaching staff that he has, right? Those are the guys that he can say, yo, we're, we're zero tolerance here and the rest of the guys are going to follow suit and the kids are going to learn. The kids are going to learn either to respect that, right, and, and really put forth their best effort and best behavior, right, because that's a lot of the, the things that were plaguing the Hurricanes back in the days. 
Um, and if they can do that, shit, this team is going to be competitive as hell. You know, we know we have talent offensively and defensively. We just got to get out of our own way and, 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 and play good, clean football. And we can hang, and we can hang with anybody. And not alone hang, but we can beat some of the bigger teams in no, the NCAA abso- this year. Absolutely, man. Loads of talent, a lot of great leadership. I mean, that sideline, bro, it was awesome to see that sideline, bro. Not just the players, yeah, man. but like just all the figures that you saw there. Ed Reed walking around, Jason Taylor yes, walking sir. around, Kevin Smith, the running back coach. I mean, it just you see a lot of a lot of dudes out there. You're like, damn, this is some talent right here. These are guys that were players, not just you know coaches that are revered. No, no, no. These guys played the game at the highest level. Are some of the greats, and you For know sure. these they're they're coaching these kids now. That's that's their that's their main goal is to make these kids great. And I think you know it'd be wise to to keep their you know to keep listening to what the hell they're telling them because 70 to 13 hell first yeah. game opening game i mean they know they know what they're doing these coaches i mean it, it ties a, a record right i think for the largest home opener against an opponent in god knows how many years uh just an overall impressive victory and again i feel like Tyler van dyke could have thrown for 600 yards we could have had a running back for over 200 yards but that's not what we would do that's did, not you in football did, didn't um is go up yeah, but you and football is, hey, we're going to go up 40 real quick before the half, and then we're going to let everybody else play. And that's exactly what it was, man. Hey, one other thing before we we, uh, we finish up on the Canes. I got to talk about Jake Garcia, man. He came in after Tyler Van Dyke, you know, played, and, and he had some play time and went eight for eight with 100 yards. I mean, Garcia looked good, man. I mean, I, I always remember what Vic told me in a personal conversation. Uh, it's not personal anymore, but uh, he told me that uh, towards the end of the season, a lot of people are going to look at Jake Garcia and say he should have been the one playing this year for the majority of the year because of how good he is. Um, the kid is really, really talented, man. Really, really talented. And he obviously knows what he, he can do in this offense. I just think that he's learning right now from TVD, letting TVD do his thing. That way next year when, when Jake steps in, he's just, he's pretty much stepping in as a Heisman uh, candidate because you already know the offense in and out. Um, he'll have more wide receivers, uh, more veteran wide receivers by next year and a better offensive line. So. I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to what Jake Garcia is going to bring to the UN table, man. And uh, like you said, he, he's always looking good whenever he gets in the game. It's like very few times where I've seen him look bad or look disoriented or lost. Never happens. That's what's up, man. Yeah, no, he looks good no matter what happens here with with uh, TVD. It's, it's promising to have him. Hopefully, he just doesn't decide to up and leave. He came to play here yes, over going to play for USC, so that that's got to be telling means something, you know what I mean? That means something. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with crystal ball, too, right? Um, but I think having two quarterbacks, especially two young, talented quarterbacks, is never a bad issue, you know? I mean, look, we have the Dolphins kind of right now in that situation between Tua and Skyler Thompson, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Nah, 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 nah. Tua's nah, QB1, nah, bro. We no, 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 but, but you know what, bro? I've had my fantasy drafts this past weekend. You know, I've had two of them already, and you know, we've we've talked about that. We not necessarily. Obviously, there's a bunch of haters that I know that are like, man, I'll be starting Skyler Thompson against the you know against the Patriots over two, and I'm like, bro, like, what do you? Come on, bro, are you kidding me? Yeah, and, and, but you know, we did talk about more realistic terms in, in terms of if Tua was to get hurt, which is very realistic. Um, yeah, who would you rather come in? And back, you know, and and take over the game at that point. Would it be Teddy Bridgewater, or would you want Skyler Thompson to get that? I feel like you got to give Teddy B the respect, right, and say, "All right, it's your chance to either get the job or lose the job." 
Skyler is the project. We know that he's going to be here beyond next year and the year after that. So we, we're good with Skyler, right? And we're good with playing Skyler. So if you fuck up, we're not going to hesitate to pull you and put Skyler in there, especially if we know that Tool would be out for a long time. Um, hopefully not, knock on wood. Uh, but for the Dolphins, man, this this first week is interesting because we do have that quarterback one versus quarterback one matchup, right, between Mac Jones and Tua. And I and from all accounts that I that I keep getting, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing, Mac Jones hasn't shown shit uh, this offseason, this training camp, as opposed to Tua, who's looked really good in every single training camp, practice, drill. Yeah, people may, may say shit about the underthrow passes, but guess what? They're still connecting, and we saw that. Personally, when we went to the third game, right, and we saw him starting connect with Tyreek Hill on the first play of the game for like a 50, 60-yard foul. Um, this, which, this game is going to which well, Martin, Which Martin said was underthrown. Yeah. And then a bunch of other people. But hey, I'm sorry. So I, you're breaking up there a little bit. I don't know if you can hear this, but you're, you're breaking up a little bit there. I can't understand what you're saying. I can't. Yeah, your uh, your signal there got a little messed up again. Good. He is in the middle of Spain somewhere, and it was basically a third world country. So the Wi Fi is a little spotty me? there. You're coming in and you out. Me? You're coming in and out. I think that's a little bit better. Okay. How about now? Yeah, much better. Okay, so um, with Tua, I just I just feel like that's just a bias against him, right, where they, they harp on his under quote-unquote throws, but ultimately they connect, and we see him building that rapport with Tyreek Hill. Uh, looks to be very promising this year. We saw Jalen Waddle get back to practicing, which is very promising for this offense. Um, I think the Patriots are in trouble, man. I feel like the Dolphins can end up really be winning this game by a big margin. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I expect a big victory, um, not as big as the Hurricanes, the seventy to thirteen <laughs> spread, but but it'd be nice. Eh, but I, I do expect us to go out there. I mean, I, I we got to put up at least, in my opinion, we got to put up at least thirty points. Is what I'm I'm, I'm, ex- yeah. I'm expecting thirty points, twenty eight points. You give me twenty eight, and I, I'm happy. But I'm expecting at least thirty points, man. You know, and that's four touchdowns and a couple field goals, and I think that that's reasonable man against uh, a team that we always do well against historically first game of the season at home you know with our crowd got all of our guys ready to play healthy they've had plenty of time to prepare you know the off the the, the last preseason game we, you know, we saw what they were able to do in just a few quick plays as long as because i think it's going to come down to mike mcdaniels right if mike mcdaniels right. can keep you know these guys um believing in in what he's trying to do you know, if he starts trying some shit and it doesn't work and the players turn around and they're like, you know what? I don't know if this guy has it, then that that could be, you know, a, a deal breaker. But I think McDaniels has it. You know, I was looking at the press conference that they had today uh, and, uh, you know, they were asking him about DBs and you know, why we haven't gone out and signed a DB like Joe Hayden or some other, you know, veteran DBs that are out there. And he was like, no, man, these guys got it. You know what I mean? They're, they're works in progress, some of them. But as a, as a unit, they pick up for each other where they were, you know, where the other one um, right. 
needs to and just the way he was talking about his guys man his players and then he even spoke about jason jenkins who you know who was the vp who passed away uh last week unexpectedly and just the way that he was talking about it, he was kind of getting choked up i mean this is a guy he's i I feel i I don't know what their previous relationship was i think maybe they go back to the niners days or whatnot but you know you can tell this is a human he went very quickly from talking football to then like having a human experience a human moment right and then back to talking football again and even made a joke about him and Bill Belichick doing uh, one-on-one drills, you know, and nobody wanted the to see Oklahoma it. Drill. Yeah, and nobody wanted to see them do the Oklahoma drills. And I'm like, I, I disagree there, Mike. I want to see you and Bill go do some Oklahoma <laughs> drills, you know? Well, well you know, uh, Joel, it's funny you mentioned that stuff, man, because it doesn't seem like the moment has been too big for Mike McDaniel. And granted, a lot of things can change. It's early in his coach career, right? Head but coaching. He doesn't seem take head coaching career right but um he doesn't seem to be taken aback from those moments right whether it's tough questions interviews um first day he got hired like anything even questions about tool tyree kill he doesn't look to be like scared of anything not scared of like in a bravado way but just like if he doesn't feel like i said too too big for the moment he's always cool he's always calm collected uh very thoughtful with his responses with how he speaks to the media and all those guys so i feel like he is definitely showing the right signs of a good young head coach but as you and i know man it all depends on wins you know and how many wins can you put together and how many what are your expectations for the season and what do the people expect of you as a as a head coach now right yeah i feel like this this game is going to be a lot of eye-opening for everybody outside of South Florida to be like, damn, this is how cool Mike McDaniel really is, you know? He has confidence in Tua. Look at the running game. Look at the offensive line scheme that he's put in. And you mentioned something, 28 points. That's enough game for us to win. That's enough points for us to win a game, especially defensively, right? Because last year, we were just dying for touchdowns. We were shutting people out or, or keeping them under 20 points for a, or under 16 points for a large portion of the game. Mm-hmm. What we needed on the other side was touchdowns, right? And yeah, if we, we can get the touchdowns this year, man, that can be dangerous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing worse than getting in the red zone and walking away with three points. You know, and that's an issue exactly. that Dolphins have, have had. And yeah, man, I say 28 points because that, you know, there's four quarters in the game, man, and we're going to have the ball, you know, a couple drives every quarter. I mean, I, I see this unit moving the ball. Uh, with the run game we have now, with the improvements to the offensive line, with the improvements to the play calling and the strategy we're going to go out there, with the speed on the outside, with the defense that has been great for the last few seasons. I mean, I, I really do see uh, this team. God, I sound like a delusional Dolphin right now, and I lost so-so here. That's why I'm going to keep going on. But I definitely see this team being the you know the best team we've had I, in the last 20 years. Sorry, I just kept that thought going while I lost you there. It's fine. <laughs> but no, for sure, I definitely know where you were heading because you were thinking about, like, you were talking about the speed that we have on the outside. You, I'm sure that the, way, the speed that we have in the running back um, and, and those – it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about with UM and the linebackers, right? The, right now, the Dolphins have really invested in speed in the running backs and the wide receivers and even in uh, some of the offensive linemen who are able to move quickly, right? Because you have to be able to zone block and, and do that stuff. Right. It's going to be an interesting season for us offensively because it's it's something new. It's something that we haven't tried or haven't seen in a long time. But we know that this specific system brings a lot of success, especially when you have guys who 
are fast and can make multiple plays like the one that we have. You know, we have guys who can catch it out the backfield. We have guys who can play multiple wide receiver positions. We have like two slot receivers. There's not an NFL team, I think, that has two quality slot receivers like we do. Just It's just crazy how, how gifted we are right now or set up offensively. I just I just always hope that we can put it together on game day and get more than three touchdowns a game, more than four touchdowns a game. I don't need it to be the greatest show on turf, but we need to put ourselves in a position offensively to help our defense at least ease the pressure of like them having to pitch a game, a shutout, or or keep a team under 10, 13 points in order for us to win. Yeah, no, and, and again, the expectation is based off of this opponent, right? We're talking about week one against the Patriots. You know, we're playing at home, division game. At home. You know, when we play the, the Buffalo Bills in a couple weeks, you know, those 28, 30 points, you know, I won't be as as high on those points anymore. You know what I mean? But again, it's talk, you're talking different teams and different opponents. But, um, dude, really excited for this season. Right. Um, I know we're going to both go Dolphins. We've already alluded to that. But you got a prediction for the score? Correct. I do. I got the Dolphins winning thirty-four to seven. Wow! Wow! I like the score, but hey man, that's... I really, I, 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 two things, Joel. The offense is really real. If the offense is really real, then we'll be set there, right? You know, Jason Sanders is back, so we got points in the bag there. And the second thing for me is the defense. The defense is really, really good, and I think that if we can withstand this first week without Byron Jones. That'll boost the confidence of everybody else, right? Especially playing against a guy like Mac Jones, who's not the world's greatest quarterback. We can really, you know, hit him, intercept him, bat balls down, and really just fuck up his confidence. I really think that we can put a whooping on the fucking Patriots, man. They suck. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I'm going to say uh, 30 to 13. That's my. That's going to be my guess. I think that uh, we're going to go out there. We're going to score some points, and we're we're going to our defense is going to be able to hold the Patriots down. Um, I so I can't wait, man. Football season it starts Thursday night. We got back. Vic's team, right? Rams the Bills. The, yep. Yep. Rams, Bills, and uh, yeah. I can't wait for that. I'm in the next game. Who do I got in that game? Man, uh, you got the defending Super Bowl champions yeah. versus, you know, uh, the guys that got snubbed last year because of the rules who are going into this season, I think, as the favorite for Super Bowl champions this year. Um, this is a crazy first game of the season. A lot of pressure. I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game. I got the Rams winning, man. I just feel like Eric Donaldson, is, he's got uh, Josh Allen's number. So oh, man. it is what it is. I love how you can never get that guy's name right. Never. You just add the actual son on there, son. You don't have to add that, son. Maybe he's from. He has like a Japanese heritage or something like that. You know, or South (laughs) Korean. You never know. Uh, no, nah, man, I just think that the Super Bowl, um, you know, we've, I think we've seen it a few, there's, it might be even be a stat if we look it up, that the Super Bowl uh, winners of that year or whatever, they, they usually don't do well. Like the record is like a losing record on their, their first game of the season or whatever. Um, so, okay. And then the Bills, especially with all the stuff that they, it's a great team. I mean, not just because of that, but also because the Bills are such a great high-powered team, great defense yeah, and really. offense. It's basically the same team coming back with a few additions for them. Um, I got the Bills yep. in that game, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and but yeah, I don't care about that game. I care about Sunday, Football's one back, o'clock, baby. baby. Let's get it. Let's go, Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Let's go. 
Yeah, and like well, I said, man, I'll be back in town. So yeah. hit me up. You know where I'll be. That's what I was gonna say, dude. I know that you're out of town. You're on your honeymoon, uh, bro. You, you took time out of your night. I guess it's like two in the morning over there right now. It's like you, one and change. And you took time to to sit down and do a little quick recap of, of this weekend and a preview for next week. So uh, you're the man. On behalf of all the listeners, I gotta tell you, you're the man. Nah. Nah, man, I appreciate you, doggy. And, uh, you know, we do it for everybody who tunes in every week and wants to hear us say to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, because we're doing things at this podcast that nobody else in Miami is bringing to you from Barcelona, Spain, all the way to Miami. Until next time, y'all. Peace.